Ladies and gentlemen, on this Awesome People podcast episode, I had the pleasure of having my longtime friend and super talented writer, actor, and now judge of Persia's Got Talent, uh, Nazani Noor, as my guest. And we had a wide-ranging conversation that I'm pretty sure you're going to enjoy. We talked about not just her career uh, up until this point, but also her challenges, moments where she was going to give up, um, a lot of um, encouraging words that she has for anybody that's trying to pursue uh, this whole Hollywood and acting career uh, lifestyle. And, you know, we also talked about supporting other Iranians around the world and what they're doing in the world of entertainment and the arts. So I hope you enjoy this conversation with Nazanin Noor. Beautiful people, welcome to another episode of the Awesome People Podcast. I hope that wherever you are in the world, you're happy, you're healthy, and you're grateful for all the wonderful things that are inside your life and around you and the people around you. Tonight is a very, very special episode because it's not just a regular guest. It's also a longtime friend of mine and I've watched her blossom into a super multi-creative, multi-talented actor, writer. Uh, we'll get to all the other juicy stuff that she does. But for those of you who have never watched an episode of Awesome People, my name is Iman Hushmand and this program, this podcast, Awesome People, is for you. It's for you to uh, get to know some people that I consider to be awesome because of what they're doing, their passion for life, their passion for their career, what they're giving back to the community. And it's also for us to build a community together, to support each other, to continue to root for each other, to put out a lot of positivity and to be grateful for all the great things that are happening in our lives every single moment, but sometimes we take them for granted. So these are just daily reminders for you to appreciate uh, the greater things in life. And with that in mind, ladies and gentlemen, the guest that I have this evening is somebody that dates back to my days in the DC area and uh, I've known her for about 14, 15 years now. Her name is Nazanin Noor. And some of you might know her from her, her recent popularity and success in the hit Iranian talent show that's for music and for dancing and all these different types of performances called Persia's Got Talent that uh, she's a judge alongside uh, the legendary Ebi the pop star Arash, and also Masa Afshar, and some other awesome people that are part of the program, such as Tara Grammy and uh, Farzan, who's one of the hosts as well. So without any further ado, ladies and gentlemen, to bring on a much prettier face than myself, I would like to welcome Nazarin. Hi, Nazarin. How are you from LA? Hi, your face is also pretty. Thank you. It must be just kind of red right now, you know, because I'm excited to have a longtime friend who's just been doing some awesome stuff here with me tonight. How are you? I'm I'm great. I'm excited too. Um, cheers to happy hour. Thank you. I, I knew you were going to reach for it, so wanted to reach for my sponsor Peroni for making me pay for this stuff. So thank you. Cheers to you. Cheers. Thanks for having me. Of course. So um, so Nazan, you've you've had a a very interesting past year, which has been super exciting and really awesome to have had a front row seat to kind of watch you uh, get involved in so many fun fun projects. But for those that don't know you yet. Can you kind of take us back to like your journey of kind of getting here, starting with the DMV area and kind of what got you into the world of acting and writing and all that stuff? Yeah, of course. Um, I'm not going to give away what years we were talking about. But um, <laughs> I, so I was born in the um, Arlington, Virginia, which is right outside of D.C. And uh, I always was in the performing arts. I did a lot of theater. I played musical instruments, violin. Brandon. 
I think YouTube crashed or something. Because on YouTube was a stock. Reconnecting OBS? Why? <clears throat> What the hell? Hello? Brandon, what happened? I don't know what happened. I'm... I, it like, I mean, we crashed. I mean, there's not, like, we don't see anything. Oh, your computer crashed? No, yeah. No, the computer is okay. It's on. I think it's from YouTube. I don't know. So sorry. I think their computer crashed down in uh, Miami. Uh, give me one second, please. You got to boot it back up, man. The computer is not crashed. The computer is on. I don't, I don't know what's going on. Hold on. You want the team viewer? What do you mean? Yeah. Fuck. First of all, like my, my Wi-Fi is not connected right now. Really? You probably lost internet connection. Yeah, that's probably what it is. Because the, that's what happened because it stopped from YouTube. What the fuck? Hold on. Uh, can you tell Nazan real quick? Like, uh, uh. I don't know what to call her. I mean, can she hear you? Yeah. Can you can you just tell her right now? I'm trying to figure out how to get the internet back on. Yeah, it looks like their internet went down, so they're they're waiting to. They're trying to get it back up and running right now. Okay, yeah, let her know. Gotcha. What what's happening on uh? I mean, it's, it's going to be the same situation as last time. It's not going to just, like, stop. Like, we can get back onto the stream. I just, you know. I need to uh, I need to shut down the computer and restart again? Is that what you're saying? I don't know. Like, if, if, if the computer's running fine, it's just... No, the computer is fine. It's just that the internet connection is lost. So what do we have to do? Do we have to do a whole new Zoom or something? Like, uh... No. No. I don't think so. Um... I mean, fa FaceTime, FaceTime, to, FaceTime, here. You just need to, you just need to, like, at the, you look at the router, is the router on? Yeah, the router is on, but... The, I mean, it looks like we have internet, too. Shit. Alright, unplug the, you the internet cable, right? Unplug the internet cable, plug it back in. Fuck. I mean, I do think that we had, man, that's such bullshit. All of a sudden, like, you're offline, check your connection, try again. You're offline. What else? Let me send you the Do you need to see the team viewer thing? Yeah, one second, one second. 
There you go. All right. Let me, I, th I think I hit the camera over here. Can you just double check this angle real quick? I don't know if this camera moved enough or not. Which one did you hit? This one. Okay. Damn it, man. No, actually, you're okay. What should I do? Should I, should I just restart the whole thing? Okay. I need to get you on the Zoom. Hold on. I got... What's going on here? Can you turn on the AC again, please? Uh, I know I'm like dying up here right now. If I if I if I start a new meeting, how do I how do I get the link to to her? I mean, if we don't need to start a whole new meeting, don't worry about it. Let's just go, you know? Well, no, I don't know. I need to get you in. That's what I'm trying to say. It's like, I think I need to start a new meeting. Oh, yeah. I, I'll, give it, I'll give it the email. Is it the same Zoom link, or you got to do a new one? I don't know. It says there's another meeting in progress. Just kick kick him out. Wait, that means we can get back on the list. Uh... Should I text you her, her email? There you go. Okay. Should I text you her, her email? No, 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 hey. There you go. Hey, Nazan, I'm so sorry. This is literally the first time that we've had this happen. I was like, damn, they must be really bored with my story. <laughs> no. I, ju I just texted you. So, Brandon, are you sending a new Zoom link or no? No. No? Oh, okay. All right. All right, but oh. Nazan, we're going to pick up where we left off. So I just have to remember where we, uh, where we left off. That was so weird. Yeah. You know, I dropped off, so I don't repeat myself. Yeah, well, I'm, I'm going to kind of just, because it's the same link that's live, so people are going to kind of jump in right now. They won't know. So I'm just okay. going to I'm just gonna continue. Like, I'll, I'll explain what happened for anyone who just kind of recircled back on the link, but uh, we'll, just we'll just continue. Okay. okay. So let me know whenever, right. whenever you guys are ready. I'm just going to pick right up from the dual screen. Yeah. All right. Five, four, three, two. All right, ladies and gentlemen, in case you don't know, when you're on live, technical issues happen. That's just what happened, but this is just how awesome my guest for tonight is. It's Nazani Noor. We're back in action. And before we were getting interrupted, Nazani was just telling us about how she got into the world of acting and writing and, and all her... Um, days during George Mason, etc. So now that I'm right back to you, I apologize for that technical difficulty. Let's let's get, get let's get the party going again, you know? Okay, some people break uh, the internet in different ways, so that's what we did. <laughs> this was the male version of Kim Kardashian for me, you know? Yeah, there you go. Uh, so I was saying that, uh, yes, I got uh, educated at George Mason University. I did government international politics, which was basically Mason's equivalent of pre-law. Cause I thought, well, that's what I'll do. I'm not gonna go after my dream of acting. So I worked in New York for a little bit. And what I was doing was I was hustling hard. I did 4 p.m. to midnight at this law firm. And then during the day, I was trying to get auditions on my own, trying to land an agent and all that kind of stuff. And then, um, yeah, I, land, I landed an agent and I booked my first TV role. I did a couple off-Broadway plays. And from there I was like, well, I can't do both. I can't have two careers technically. So I let go of my cushy job 
in the law firm and I did the typical actor thing where I became like a personal trainer. I was a tutor. I worked in restaurant. I did all, all the things to be able to uh, keep it going, keep the dream alive, basically. So, so there, there's two parts that I want to ask. One, I will ask after the first question. The first question is, at what age, if you remember, do you remember saying to yourself, I wish I could just be an actress for my career? Do you remember a certain point in time or were you literally as a child from all you can remember, you wanted this to be your dream? Yeah, it was from a child because I remember like, when we would talk about like as kids or when you start growing up, you're a teenager, like everybody likes to talk about their, you know, weddings or whatever they're going to do. And I remember I was always like, yeah. And when I win the Oscar, this is what I'm going to take. And this is what I'm going to say in my speech. You know what I mean? So yeah. of course, everybody wants healthy relationships, but I was, I've always been really focused on those career goals that I want and aspirations. Yeah. So that's what I remember. Yeah. From a very young age, I was like, I'm going to be on stage, you know? So, and like, what, what was the catalyst of that dream? Like, did you have people that you looked up to and you were like, that's who I want to be like when I grow up or was it just innately inside of you that you just wanted to act and dance and sing and everything else that you could imagine? It's a really good question. Um, I feel like I, I don't think there was one person I looked at. I mean, over the years you start looking up to people and you're like, oh, I love this person's style. I love that acting. I love the way they are in, in these films, the parts they take. But like, I just remember watching sitcoms, watching Saturday Night Live with my parents. And then also I have a very vivid memory. I was like six or seven. And there was a little mayhem going on around me and I was watching The Godfather on TV. And I was enthralled in what was happening on screen. I don't know why, as a seven-year-old, I was allowed to watch The Godfather. But this, like, <laughs> scene of when Sonny gets shot up in the booth, if anyone knows what I'm talking about. Yeah, of course. Uh, I was just watching all of that, and I was just like, oh, my God, I want to do that. I want to be that. I want to be on screen doing those kinds of things. So the, all those things combined, plus uh, being able to do theater when I was younger and feeling that, like, rush when you make people laugh and you do things live, all of that kind of it went inside of my soul and I was like yeah I want to do that you know so so with all due respect and love for your family I feel like that there's a child psychologist out there that's shaking their head that you were traumatized at the age of seven watching Godfather but I'm glad that it worked out for you, you know? <laughs> somehow I somehow I knew that this was not real you know what yeah. I mean oh okay good yeah so you knew it was a job career yeah. It's make-believe, it's pretend, yeah. So, so now that you mentioned your parents and family, even though I don't know them too well in person, uh, yeah. throughout the years, what I've loved about you is, and your whole family, is just how close-knit you are. And on top of that, how it's clear that this this humor that you have inside of you, that you've always had in front of you, and this this bubbly personality, it's it's all a family affair, you know, and like that's kind of been beautiful. So speak to speak to the fi the family dynamic that you've had that most likely attributed to the path that you t that you took, and also probably the support that you got for them to take you to where you are now. Yeah, um, I will say that I feel like anyone who grows up Iranian, we are very used to roasting each other. Like that's how we all maintain our closeness. Definitely in my family and circle of friends, like we have a circle of friends just like you do. Where our parents were all friends before we were even born. So everybody grew up together. Those are your cousins and stuff. So in this circle, it was constant ribbing and, and making people laugh. And, and even when I would visit Iran, like that's how my family is in general, whether it's my mom's side or my dad's side, like teasing is in our culture. That's how you show your bond with someone and show that you're comfortable with them. You know, yeah. like 
if I'm very polite and like, oh, yes, nice to meet you. That probably means I'm not comfortable with you and we're not that cool. But yeah. if we're teasing each other and, you know, I was talking about your beer or whatever, that means we're cool. We're on a different level. And right. so um, I feel like that was kind of in me, instilled in me from a young age. And my family's always been extremely loving and they want to support me in whatever I do. But I will say from the beginning, like my parents weren't thrilled that I wanted to go into entertainment as a career path at all. And when you grow up, you understand where they're coming from. You know, they were immigrants in this country. They went, they built themselves up from coming here with virtually nothing from being very young. And they just don't want to see their child have to go through hardships. And they're like, you have your degree. Why are you choosing to struggle? You know, so yeah. I get it from their point of view. When you're younger, you're like, oh my God, just support me guys, you know, but you understand where they're coming from. So um, I feel like they all kind of came around more and more as I worked more, which is yeah. nice. I kind of like see my passion now. Um, before it was like, okay, we support you. But also if you wanted to go back to law, that's a great thing to do. You know what I mean? Absolutely. And so like, what was the turning point in your opinion where you're like, you know what? Screw law, screw the cushy job that you're speaking of. I'm going all in. And like, was there a defining moment that kind of made you go all in and be like, forget everything else? Um, I think once I got my first couple gigs and just that feeling that you get that you're, you're happy to do it, you're proud that you're doing it and you get a taste of what it could be like if you keep working. Um, and also coming to the conclusion that I can't work four to midnight and also be doing all this during the day. I'll, bur I'll, I'll pass out. I'll die. I might yeah. die. Cause like, I literally can't stay awake for these many hours and have that much energy. Um, so it just became a choice and I, I usually don't shy away from the scary choice. I do it even if it causes anxiety or fear and I'm like, you know what, it'll work out somehow. So there, I don't think there was a defining moment, but those little moments along the way of getting little jobs here and there, that's what started me on the path of being like, yeah, forget everything else. Yeah. And like, um, and I know that although, you know, you had an amazing year and we'll definitely talk about uh, Purge's Got Talent. I do know that you know the, the the grind really never stops in this industry and even the other night you were like i'm getting ready for an audition so i understand that it's like constant proving yourself and constantly trying to level up until you hopefully one day do have that oscar that you do get to look back and be like wow all of that work you know yeah see you've already practiced it so 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 my my, my um what i would love to do is, is kind of spend a few minutes and talk to you about how you give yourself the motivation and the perseverance to kind of like fight through those shitty days, the ones that you get rejected from an audition or the one that you get super excited for. And just in general, like the kind of advice that you could give to others that are going down your path that are 10 years behind you, 15 years behind you, like just keep it real, keep it raw. And like, you know, t t tell us what you've been doing to kind of get yourself up every red every day and kind of take on the challenges of this career. For sure. I can start with how I get myself prepared in the day, as in I start every morning with gratitude of all the things that I have um, and to recognize that where I am right now is where I dreamed of being five years ago and to be really thankful for that, even though I don't have the Oscar and I don't have my own TV show, but there's a lot of things I'm doing. And so be thankful for what you have because you're building on the other things. Um, having those days where, so I was actually talking about this with an actor friend yesterday, there's this thing when you um, are close to booking a role, they pin you, it's called a pin. That means it's probably down between you and one other person and they wanna make sure your schedule's clear and you're, you might get the part, but it might go to the other person, right? So that's happened to me 
a lot of times. And the way that you, you can look at it two ways. You can look at it like, damn it, I didn't get it again. Or you, I try to look at it the other way, which is, but look how close you got, which means you're doing something right. You know, sometimes yeah. you're like, well, it's like a no talent piece of shit or, or you can look at it the other way where it's like, but you got so close. Yeah. So I try as much as I can to look at it the other way, which is you're getting closer and closer. Um, and that kind of motivates you. And I would be remiss if I didn't mention my friends and my family, because I have, thank God, like, I've had a really good, um, hold on. <laughs> <laughs> on an eye of the <laughs> a good network of friends and family that have always kept me uh, motivated with their words, with their actions, with the pep talks that I need on the times where I like feel really down about something or if I didn't book something and I was so close to it. Um, and I would not have been able to get here without all of them too. So that's that. And um, what was the other part of your question? <laughs> um, well, I mean, like, I guess what type of advice that you would have for others that are going down your path, like especially the ones that were where you were in New York, where you were doing the 4 p.m. to 12 a.m. and then you're like, never mind, I'm going all in. Like what, 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 what can you tell them to make sure that they're going down the right path, you know? I would say do it, regardless if it's if it's acting or it's you want to go to med school, you want to go to grad school, you want to and be a painter, whatever it is, like do the thing. Like don't listen to anybody because I will say the last two years where I canceled all the outside noise and I did what I wanted to do and I put out the art I wanted to do and I wrote my own projects and I did my own material and I just kept putting things out on the internet and I was like, something will give, something will give. That's when I started getting more work because I was being myself. I wasn't trying to be that type or this type or that person or follow this person's path. I focused on myself, how I could make myself better, how I can hone in on my own skills and talent and use that to my advantage. And I want to say to people, like, there's only one of you. So even if you don't have the other things that other people have, they don't have what you have. So you need to figure out what that thing is that you have that sets you apart from everybody else. What makes you unique? What can you bring to the table? And hone in on that and make it as good as you can. And the people and the right people and the right opportunities will eventually come to you. You just have to believe it. Although you can't sit there and be like, I'm positive and it'll all come and do nothing about it. You need to put the effort into it. And then yeah. if you're between two worlds, uh, I will say there will come a point where you're gonna have to make that leap of faith and like, okay, well, I'm gonna let go of this cushy thing and I'm gonna go totally towards this and I'll just have to figure it out. And that quote that everyone says where it's like very cliche and can be cheesy, like leap and the net will appear. It's true though. It's, it's mm -hmm. a cliche for a reason. So if you really believe in that thing that you want, you have, you can't half-ass it. You have to go after it. For me, if I can look back and say anything, it was like, I should have moved to LA sooner. Everything happens the way it does for its own reason. So that's fine. But that's my way of being like, when you know that you want to do that thing, go after it like hundred percent. Don't wait for anything else and don't let, and anyone that tells you otherwise, know that they're probably talking to you on their own fears and insecurities right. and you should still thing. You know what I mean? I love that. So, so let me ask you, do you remember at any point where you were like about to give up? Yeah. Can you take us back to that day? Yeah. Um, there were like a couple times where Probably I was with somebody. This is another thing. It, it's very important on who you have a relationship with, romantic or other, and friendships too. But like specifically this one was because my friendships, nobody in my friend circle ever discouraged me from going after my dream. But in romantic relationships, I was discouraged a couple of times. And it was like, I'll never forget one, one person was like, 
why can't you just be happy staying at home? Why can't you just be happy being a wife? And why can't you just be happy being a mom? And I was like, I, I, I've never been a wife and a mom, but I know that like, I want more than that. And I, and it, there's nothing wrong with being a wife and mom and not doing anything else. But for me personally, my dream was, I, but I want to work. I want to be able to stand on my own two feet. I want to be able to like say that I went after my dream and I gave it my all or else I'll always wonder the worst thing is to look back and be like, well, what if I did do, what if I did move, you know? Yeah. Um, so there were a couple of times where when I was younger and that happened, I was like, maybe they're right. Maybe, maybe I'm dreaming too big. Maybe this is all, it's never going to happen. Maybe I should quit, you know? And I'm really glad that I did it as much as it hurt back then. And it was like painful. I'm really glad that I kept going. And maybe there was like a few years ago, I can't remember the exact incident, but it was something similar where it was like, you just keep getting so close and you don't book it. And you're like, maybe I'm just bad. I'm just, it's like that lyric from Kanye West where he says, are all these people really that much better than me? You know, you start thinking like, <laughs> maybe I'm just not good, you know? Um, yeah. But I picked myself up and with the help of, again, friends and family encouraging me, I, I kept going, yeah. Well, I mean, first of all, I'm proud of you for continuing to uh, fight fearlessly for your dreams, for your hopes, for your career. And I know you still have a lot more great accomplishments ahead of you, but definitely proud of where you've gotten this far because I've known, I've seen just how hard you've been working, you know. So kudos for you to uh, block out all the haters and all, the, all that noise and uh, persevere through it. Uh, one thing I do want to ask you about now is this whole, uh, which I think millions uh, around can relate to, is this whole identity crisis and I feel like you and the career that you're in you know there's this this whole am I going to go the American route the LA Hollywood route or am I going to go the Persian route if I go Persian I get pigeonholed at this how ever get it? you know can, can you tell me about the the maybe the conflict that you had internally if at all about which route to go and whether you have to keep on second guessing will this help or hurt my career and so, so just kind of touch on that and then I'll segue into uh, the success that you've had with being a part of Persia's Got Talent. Yeah, absolutely. Um, I think anyone that grows up as the child of an immigrant, so anyone who's a first-generation American or first-generation Canadian or whatever it may be, is going to have this form of identity crisis that I believe is actually going to be with you until the day you die. Um, because you're always between two worlds. For me, it was growing up, I was teased and bullied for being Nazani Noor and speaking another language and eating different food and all that kind of stuff. And so you're, you're always like kind of not American and not American enough here. And then when I would visit Iran, everyone calls you like which is the foreign girl or the American girl because you're not quite Iranian enough either. So you're always in this like in, in between two worlds, which I also think can be a beautiful thing. And instead of looking at it as a negative, we can absolutely look at it as a positive because again, that makes us different and unique. And we offer two different versions of, I don't know, the world to people, right? Yeah. Are two different ways that you can see the world through two different lenses. So there were always times where like, I was offered like certain projects that were gonna be in Persian language. And I kind of was like, no, I don't wanna be pigeonholed. It's already hard in Hollywood. The last 10 years, it's like, you're the terrorist, the terrorist wife, the terrorist sister, the terrorist that is the good guy, and then the terrorist is the bad guy. It's always, and a, a few years ago, I told my my agent, my team, I was like, I'm not going out for any more, like, I'm not doing it. Anything that involves terrorism, I'm not doing it. I don't care if they're, like, the good one or the bad one, I'm not doing it. So we have to take advantage, sorry, we have to take control of this narrative. And, nice. you know, if, if, if we don't go do it, then maybe they'll stop writing those parts. So that was that conflict. And then I was like, for me, at least I'm lucky enough where I look pretty ethnically ambiguous. So I get called in for different parts and different ethnicities and stuff like that. So that has helped too. Um, 
But then I was like, well, if I do a Persian language thing, that's all I'm going to be seen as. And like, I don't know, maybe people won't know that like I speak English and da da da, because that's how myopic people can look at you in this industry as well. So it's not our fault. It's their fault. They have to expand and do better. Right. Right. And when PGT came along, I saw that it was actually like, oh, this is the real, this is the got talent franchise. This is like a big deal. Like Fremantle and NBC and all these people are behind it. Like if I was going to start to do Persian language, this is how I would want to start. So um, finally, I was like, yeah, you know what? I'm going to do it with all the fear that I had because I'm the one that's like not famous like that. I'm not known in the Iranian community. I've only worked in like English language stuff. I'm sitting next to like three beloved icons and superstars. Like everyone's gonna be like, who is this girl, right? So you have all this fear and anxiety, but I was like, but that means I should do it because I'm really scared of it. So I'm gonna do it. Um, that kind of led me into that realm. Yeah, I mean, and actually when I first heard about it, I, I guess when you posted about it, I automatically assumed that you were going to be like the host or something and then i was like oh my god so you're going to be a judge and when i thought about it i was like that's actually perfect because you are in music you are in acting you are in like the hosting so like that that was such a perfect role especially because it is from the got talent franchise that's global too so i felt like it was a it was a golden opportunity pun intended with the golden buzzer which we'll get into in a yeah. second but like yeah. it, was, it was like a perfect fit so how how has your how would you describe your experience, you know, uh, with the past season wrapping up and the whole process of kind of being involved and kind of being catapulted into such a big Persian um, phenomenon entertainment wise? Yeah. Um, thank you for the kind words, by the way. It was probably the best experience I've had to date in front of the camera because it really did genuinely feel like every day we were at this big mehuni, like this big party with our friends and family. Um, and we were just ha happened to be recording it. Um, it was something that I was proud of because we, it was something that I was personally, like I said, fearful of doing. And even a week before I was scheduled to fly out to Stockholm, I had second, I was like, maybe I shouldn't do it. Maybe I should call the producers and tell them I'm, I can't do it. I'm not going to do it. You know, <laughs> I was like, no, the thing that you're scared of is the thing that you should do because that's the thing that's going to help, you know, take you out of your comfort zone and like introduce you to a whole new world of things and people. Right. So I'm so glad I didn't back out of it and I did it. And um, and it was just, yeah, it was a wonderful experience. It was, it, it, and it also was uh, really amazing to be a part of like a global show, the first global show for Persian language people. So that, like I said, the people in, in America and a lot of other countries, a lot of the things that they see in the media are just of the negative things happening between two governments, right? And a lot of people don't know about our rich history and our culture and how far back everything dates and how much of a loving, warm, hospitable people we are that love dancing and poetry and all these types of things. And so to be able to have all of these different talents from people in the diaspora uh, shown and showcased, you know, I even had friends that don't speak Farsi, but they watch just to be supportive. And even they were like, oh, what happened to the kid that, you know, played the, the oboe or what happened to this, you know? So <laughs> to be able to show the world another side of us and to show us like what we're really like um, was really special. So I'm very proud of that. Beautiful. Well, I'm, I'm glad it was a great experience for you. I've definitely enjoyed watching your part in it and just I'm just so proud of the whole team that has made this happen you know I've always been very like bummed out about the fact that Persians are not represented very high in movies and entertainment and you're like we're always so behind you know I mean in many ways you know and and so to see a, and you know I did the star musician 
uh, like nine years ago with limited budget, self-budgeted. And so, you know, I wasn't able to kind of have big financial backing to do what I really wanted, but I, I always wanted somebody to take the reins and do it. And I'm so glad that it's being done with such professionalism, with such quality, with such amazing talent. And like, I have no doubt that's going to continue to, to thrive and become bigger. And hopefully you'll be a part of that journey. And for those people who have not been um, familiarized yet with the Persians Got Talent, I do want to play a little segment. It's with uh, Rika. Um, and, and it's it's a part where I mean I I really enjoyed it. It was a fun part where you did. Well, you know what? I don't want to give it away. I just want the viewers to enjoy this one part. It's a it's a four or five minute clip. You get to see the judges. You get to see a beautiful performance by a very young seven year old talented uh, Royka. And then just stay tuned till the end. It's a beautiful moment. And when we're done with the clip, we'll be back with Nazani Noor. By the way, if you're enjoying the program, please subscribe, like, hit the little bell, join us, join our community, and let's continue having great conversations with awesome people like Nazani Noor. Stay tuned. Welcome back, everybody. I hope you enjoyed that clip from Persia's Got Talent. Thank you for Persia's Got Talent for allowing us to share that beautiful clip. So Nazani, why, why did you press a golden buzzer on this uh, young, talented boy, Royka? So... Royka. Yeah, Rika, there's a couple of different reasons. Um, there's some things that weren't shown because, you know, everything gets edited, obviously, heavily for television. But he came out with so much self-confidence that I have not even seen that level of confidence in some adults, you know? And he was just ready to perform. Like, there were audio issues at the beginning of his performance. We had to start over. And I watched that rattle a lot of the adult contestants that happened a couple of times and they just like everything kind of, they fell apart. Mm. And this little seven-year-old, they were trying to fix the audio and he like looks back, there's a 500 person live audience, four judges, you know, 10, 15 cameras, lights. And he just looks back behind stage and he was like, I'm ready, are you guys ready? You know, and I'm like, oh. <laughs> and so from then I was like, oh, I love this kid. And then he did his thing, he did his performance. And I was, as I was watching him, I just got this feeling where I was like, look at this young, talented Iranian kid who you, you might have had this experience. From my experience, we're not really encouraged to pursue the arts as Iranians. We are encouraged to be doctors, lawyers, engineers, go the safe route that brings you the most um, stature in life, right? The arts is like fun and something you do as a hobby, but Here's this kid putting it all on the stage with the self-confidence of like someone who's lived a hundred years. And he was adorable. And I, I, I almost saw seven-year-old me on oh, stage wow. after, where I was like, man, if someone at that moment would have told me, hey, you can keep going and you can make something of yourself in the arts, what a difference that would have made for me and all the kids watching. And it was just like, all of that was happening. And I was like, oh, I, gotta, I gotta do this, I gotta do this. And then I, was, I that's why I gave him the golden buzzer. And I saw the talent in him. I was like, he just needs to keep working and keep practicing. If he's able to do this at seven, imagine what he's gonna do at 17, you know what I mean? Yeah. So that was kind of what was- I mean, I mean, I mean that, and I'm glad you actually did that because I know you made that child's dreams come true at that moment. You can see the excitement, the joy. And, yeah. and, and it remi what you're saying really reminds me of 10,000 hours. You know, they say that if you want to become an expert at one thing, it's 10,000 hours you do it. And look at how many Iranians and hyphenated Iranians uh, have had to postpone or delay or have interruptions in their 10,000 hours search because of the societal and family pressures of pursuing more uh, serious or you know uh, high stature type of stuff so no you're absolutely right i mean like shows like this 
can give this type of confidence to people. Shows like this will give them the drive that they need, the the avenue that they need to kind of um, go far in place. So good for you for giving that to seven-year-old Rika. And honestly, I think you're giving other children and other people the same hope by doing that kind of stuff. So good for you on that. Thank you. (laughs) Um, So another contestant that was there that I didn't get a chance to play the video clip, but um, I think she was actually pretty popular from another show or I've seen her perform somewhere before Persia's Got Talent. Maybe I just follow her on Instagram for being super talented. But it's yeah. Yasa, Yasa, Yasa Min, who's the guitarist. And, and um, you know, I, when I was watching her clip on one of her final performances, you know, like she got really choked up and very emotional, essentially wanting to represent all the Yasa Mins uh, inside of Iran specifically that were forced to give up playing guitar because they were told it's not a career to to give up driving because they were told not to drive to give up this career because of that and like you know you you could tell from her voice and her message that her performance and her being a part of pgt goes well beyond uh, a performer goes well beyond being a finalist or even winning she was on a mission she was on a mission to to impact uh, uh, not just yasamians in iran but women in iran and any woman in the world that is not given the the confidence that they deserve to do what what they're able to and capable of doing just like anybody else so i would love for you to kind of just touch on that experience and you yourself being a trailblazer right now for iranian americans doing something really amazing and and just pursuing your dreams doing the whole iranian american thing you know walking this tight rope and and representing both iranians great and, and also representing uh the, because i know you're a proud american too you know and representing both sides of it so can you kind of touch on all these things i know it was a lot of stuff being thrown at you yeah i think i got it one two three um <laughs> Samin is very special i did not know her before the perform the, before the show i remember in the audition episodes when she walked out me and arash kind of looked at each other arash was like she's so cool i was like i know she looks like a rock star you know she was already like she also came out with her little like swagger and style and um we all loved her and it's the semifinals that you're talking about because it was down to her and um, a girl named Yasna who did like all the rollerblading stunts. Right. And she said that I'm not standing here as Yasamin, I'm representing all the Yasamins in Iran. And for some people that don't know, um, in Iran, women can't sing on their own. They're not allowed to sing on their own. They're not allowed to perform music on their own. They have to be with a man or in a group. And it's obviously not fair, <laughs> shouldn't be that way. Um, and so for her to say that, that's, that's a powerful statement. Um, and, and she is absolutely giving a lot of women hope and a lot of women in Iran specifically or anywhere in the world where women aren't treated equally as well, uh, that you can come do these things. You can pursue your dream and continue to do it and give that motivation for other people to do the same thing. So I was very proud of her and how far she went. She's super talented. Um, she's already going far and she will continue to go far. So she's one of the standouts, one of my all time favorites. Um, talk to her too you know even after the show there's so many contestants that we all form such close bonds to them and we are all in touch and we want to support them as much as we can so we try to help them and shout them out you know whenever possible um and i thought i was going to remember the next part of your question but i don't so what was it um i don't know but you wanted to kind of touch on just support in general for programs like this so so you want to touch on that yeah, I want to say in general, because you said something about how you had started um, the star position uh, eight years ago, and it was fantastic what you did and what you were always trying to do for the Iranian community. So I salute you for that. Kudos. What I think we need more of in our community and why other communities of color and minority communities are able to continue to go up levels is because they support each other. Um, you know, when, for example, when Black Panther came out, and every black actor and artist, regardless of whether they were in the movie or not, 
we're supporting it, we're posting about it, we're showing their ticket stubs, we're going multiple times, we're buying out theaters so people could see it. I love to see that. I really want Iranians to be that way with each other because I think that's one thing that's holding us back where it's like, I have tried as much as I can with the little following that I have to showcase Iranian artists, whether they're clothing designers or artists or you know anything, any products they have, I will put it up on my social media just because I want us to do well in this industry and I know that we need it. And it bums me out when I see people trying to do really great things in their community and the first thing you see or hear is like the negative comments, the hate, the criticism. And it's usually coming from people who aren't doing anything themselves anyway. So you can tell it's coming from a place of, I don't know, negativity, insecurity, whatever it may be. Every show, everything can be better. We can all be better. I can be better in my performances, acting, everything. I can always learn. But why not, instead of focusing on the negative things, why not like support each other and and try to help each other? Because if your show does well, Iman, that means that there's a chance for my show because to do well, because you have all the big guys and women that make the decisions, the producers, the networks, that'll be like, oh, that Iranian thing did well. So let's give a chance to this other Iranian thing. You know what it does? It It just opens doors for everybody else. And I feel like Unfortunately, a lot of times in our community, it's like everybody wants to be the first and only one that's doing something different and they don't want anybody else to do it. And that's the wrong mentality, in my opinion. So, no, so I, I mean, I, I love everything you're saying. I mean, it's it's really in line with the whole mission and vision behind uh, the umbrella brand that I created called Unite and Conquer. This is the Unite and Conquer mentality. And that's why Awesome People is under the Unite and Conquer mentality, because I want to unite with other amazing people that are doing a lot of amazing things. And together we pull in our resources, we pull in the positivity and we, we, we really reach down to bring other people up. And then there's always somebody above us that can also give us a lending hand and bring us up. You know, we're never going to be at the very, very top because there's always another level above that we can go, you know. And so this is like everything you're saying to me is music to, to my ears. And uh, I love I love how you're supporting other people. Um, and I do actually want to touch on one thing regarding like the negativity, because um I'm sure, and, and you kind of made like a video spoof out of it regarding people that were kind of like hating on your Farsi not being too too perfect and stuff. And uh, what 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 um how, how have you dealt with like the negativity that would come? Because when you're all of a sudden growing such a massive audience, you know, a couple hundred thousand followers, there's bound to yeah. be people that are going to try to chip away at your confidence. You know, like what do you, what do you what, when you see those people? And it's more really for the people because you're a confident person, you're doing great things. Um, but it's more for the people that they don't have that confidence and they go to a very dark place. I want you to tell me like what type of confidence or what do you say to yourself when you see other people try to criticize you, whether it's publicly or through private message, so that if somebody else that's younger that are that is dealing with this kind of stuff, instead of them spiraling into depression or a bad state, what, what advice do you have to them and how have you been able to combat that? Um, there's a few different things and thoughts that I have on that. I'm glad you asked um, because it's really our younger generation is growing up with social media so they don't know anything but that we have we've had the luxury where we also were around before everything got huge with like instagram and twitter and all that kind of stuff um but one thing is i think because i was around the industry for so long um even though i wasn't well known but i was still in and out working and i always followed not only do i follow like world news and international news and politics i also follow entertainment news because it pertains to my industry so i've always seen that regardless of who you are and how much good you're doing 
and how many people like you, there's going to be a whole population of people that hate your guts and they just, for any reason, it can be anything that they don't like about you. Um, and so I, I went into PGT specifically with that mentality. You know, as I, half of the people are going to like, like this about you. They're going to like your accent. They're going to like da da da. And then half are going to shit on you for like anything at all. You know what I mean? Yeah. So just, I went in prepared for that. And a lot of the times when I see negative things, I scroll past it. Or if I read something, I kind of laugh at it. it. It's almost like I take myself out of the situation. And I'm like, that's funny. Something, <laughs> something people say, actually, even though they're making funny, I'm like, that's actually kind of funny, you know? Um, and like, <laughs> like someone made a joke where when the show first came out, I won't give them credit, but I, I will say the joke. But they said something like, and it was in Farsi, they're like, Nazai, nobody even knows who she is. She probably has to like show her passport coming into her own apartment building. And I, I was like, oh, that's actually funny. You know, <laughs> like, you have to find the humor in it because it's true. They don't, they didn't know me. So like, of course they're gonna make that joke. But like, the other thing is, is the people that are talking about me negatively, they don't know me personally. So it doesn't affect me personally because I'm like, you don't know me. You're going based off of just something you're seeing on television. And 90% of the way people treat you and the way they act with you is on their own insecurities, their own traumas that they face, all that kind of stuff. So if you keep going through life with that mentality of like, it, they're doing this because of their own thing, it's not you, then you'll, I feel like you can deal with it easier. Now, if you've met someone personally and you were rude to them and they have a reason to be mad at you, that's a different story. Right. But if someone's ever met you in person and they're just kind of hating on you, it's like, yeah, it is what it is. Again, certain things that they might have said about the show, I looked at things constructively. I went and did my research. I tried to get better at my job so that when we came back for the semifinals and the finals, I improved myself as a person, as a performer, as an entertainer. So that's fine. Everybody has the right to their own opinion. But the other stuff, you just got to laugh it off, honestly. And just, again, remember that most of the reason people react negatively to you, if you're just being yourself, maybe they're seeing something in you that they don't like because maybe they didn't go after their dream and they don't want to see anybody else going after theirs or they just literally have nothing better to do but to leave negative comments and hate so just like let it go you know and and honestly um watching some of your episodes um you've definitely practiced on your farsi i mean you use some columbus solombe words in there that i was like what I'm, either nazani has been hiding those things or she's really putting a lot of effort and knowing you and the, and the hustle that you are I will say that you put in all the extra effort to really step up your Farsi. It's not like you were hiding it. You realize that this is a big role and you want to be up for the challenge. And so really great job for like for practicing Farsi because it's not that easy all of a sudden trying to go and speak Farsi at a at a program like Persia's Got Talent, you know, with all these other superstar Persians around and and really hardcore Persians watching. There's not that many Americanized or non-Persian people watching it. It's, a, it's probably primarily a uh, fully Iranian audience, you know, and so that's that's very um, intimidating, I'm sure. But you've been able to kind of overcome that challenge. So great, good job. Thank you. You know what else, though, is that helps is accepting yourself and being like, listen, of course, everybody knows I was born and raised in America. I'm going to have an accent. There's going to be a ton of words I don't know, yeah. but I'm going to be myself and express myself genuinely and as naturally as possible. And if I forget something, it was really sweet. Audash, Ebi, and Mahnaz were always like, if you forget a word, look at, just ask us. And it, yeah. I did that a couple times on air and it worked. It's fine. Cause it's like, you know, we all, there's all, there's things that all of us don't know and it's okay to ask for help, you know?
and, and, I, and I really do think, and I give credit to Persia's Got Talent for having a representation of somebody that's not fully, fully, fully Iranian. Like that diversity, I think, is actually one of the greatest assets of this program. And it allows other people to want to kind of tap in to the show and see because like I would be able to connect more to the show. I mean, I'm in the industry, so I would have probably watched here and there. But if I wasn't, if I was on the fence, seeing somebody like you who's who's, who's more like me, it would make yeah. me be more connected to the show. So it was a very great strategic move by PG to have somebody like you and just having that diversity. I mean, in general, it's a very cool, diverse judges panel, which is very, I mean, from the hosts to the to Tara, to the whole judges, it's a it was a perfect uh, cast selection. So good, jo good job to the team. And you, and, and you can tell there's great chemistry between all of you guys, which is also wonderful. And, it, and it's very, um, very, very obvious. Um, Okay, so in, in the closing parts of this uh, lovely conversation, uh, given that no ruse, you can almost smell the sabzi and, and uh, a, a year that we're all really awaiting for, you know? Um, no ruse is around the corner. Um, I know you have a couple of exciting projects, one of which at least is revolving around Noru's, and I, I understand that you've gotten the green light to drop some exclusive news right here, so thank you for allowing us the opportunity to hear about it. So tell us, what's the news? What's the teaser? First person I'm telling publicly. Um, I think I'm allowed to say. Um, I'm doing. I'm a part of a larger notice program for Voice of America, where essentially I'm the LA correspondent. So I filmed a bunch of different segments, from sketches to interviews to just really cool stuff with some of your favorite Iranian artists that I'm sure you will recognize immediately. So that was an extremely cool experience. Really fun to be able to go be creative and uh, work on these things with my team. And um, so that's that one. And I recently, just a couple days ago, shot something. So uh, Tara, who you mentioned, is one of the hosts of Purchase Got Talent, Tara Grammy, and our friend um, Shayan Ebrahim, who's a director and writer. They teamed up together and they actually have brought you guys like the Manija sketches and stuff. So yeah. So that's them. Uh, they've written something that's different from that, um, but it is comedy and it's uh, Iranian cast and uh, people of color in front of and behind the camera. Um, that's all I can say about that project, but we, we just shot that this week and that will hopefully come to you guys in the near future as well. So that's exciting. Well, I know I can speak on behalf of a lot of people that the, the world needs more managers. So if you could please let Tara know that there's just never enough manager, that would be great. And, yeah, and um, if you don't mind, I want to give a little shout out to DJ Kia, who says, hey, Nas, keep killing it. Shada, uh, she's giving us a shout out. Raha, what's up, girl? And we have Varta, we have DJ Pedro, I'm saying, what's up? Um, oh, I love and, all these people. Yeah, I know. This, this is the DMV crew representing, so I wanted to make sure I acknowledge them. And so, somebody here, Varta said, more Chai, less haterade. So uh, that goes back to what we were just talking about a few days ago. So Chai is at a Nabo town, but Lavo Shako and Chizabo. Yeah, you're good to go. <laughs> and so, uh, so speaking of um, Noru's uh, and, and really what you kind of just talked about earlier about supporting each other and um, which, which, to be honest with you, I do believe that our generation is doing a much better job. Like, I feel like uh, our parents' generation. Um, was dealing with just so much heartache and uh, you know home break and uh, the challenges of you know taking care of their children. I mean, they have so many more things on their list of priority that um, that type of support and stuff just didn't automatically. I think I'm not trying to make excuses because I, I definitely 
see it. I saw a lot of support in general, so I don't want to act like there was no support. Uh, but I do believe this younger generation of actors and entertainers and um, creators, you know, I feel I feel like we're all coming closer together. We are supporting each other. There is like there's a better movement of the supportive and like really the people that are choosing not to support, they are going to kind of weed themselves out. And that's, that's the way I see it. I mean, I can see it. I see people who are willing to be participants. I've been uh, fortunate recipients of a lot of great people who have given me the opportunity to work with me and just be a part of our shows, you know, like it's, so I see a good change and I think that our generation is doing a great job and hopefully we can continue to pass it down. And I love what you're doing for Notus, all those collaborations. And so I wanted to kind of take a moment to kind of just share with you what we're doing at Notus ourselves. And um, it's basically a 24 hour live stream that we're doing for Notus on Saturday, March 20th. And it's essentially from 12 a.m. to 12 a.m. going straight and I'm having really awesome people from all industries of Iranian and hyphenated Iranians from entertainment to comedy to food to creators to fashion and really having interviews short and sweet not long ones as wonderful as this but short and sweet and the idea is to really get all Iranians from around the world together when you think about it for the first time unified live virtually because this is the first time and probably the last time that we're going to have so many people that are sitting at home with no events, no concerts, no nothing. So I don't want to make this a trend, but I figured that, you know what, we didn't get a chance to do anything. Notice was canceled essentially last minute last year. And this year, there obviously there aren't any concerts happening and there aren't that many live virtual events. So um, I'm really going to go hard this weekend really pushing this thing out and we're getting a lot of really great people that are joining their name and we're uniting and conquering to really show all Iranians around the world whether you're across the pond in Iran or Europe or North America that we can unite that we can celebrate the best of the best that we have to offer and we have so many incredible people that are modernizing so many traditional aspects of our food of our music of our fashion to give their own twist and and taste of like you know what they kind of like see as like a representation of their culture and history and so um because you mentioned notice i wanted to kind of take a moment to kind of tell our viewers and and you how excited i am and i hope in some shape or form i have you and as many people from the persians got talent team and family to to join us hand in hand and really provide a a program that all ages uh in english and farsi will be able to enjoy and so and hopefully we can ring in the year 1400 with some positivity and entertainment and just good vibes Yes, tell me. Yeah, we'll talk when this is over and we'll figure out what we can do. Of course, It'll I always want to support yeah, the Iranian community. It'll be fun. And, uh, and I can't wait to see what you and Tara and Cheyenne have. I mean, that's a talented director and producer. Both of them, the Tara, are great. So I can only imagine how fun and exciting that project is going to be. And as soon as you have it, send it. Let me share it as well. And hopefully everybody will get some nice laughs and enjoyment out of it. Um, so this is the last segment of the program that I want to do, and it's called the Veni, Vidi, Vici, I Came, I Saw, I Conquered. And um, I really just want to give you the virtual platform to spend the next couple of minutes and talk about something that uh, either matters a lot to you, something that um, you believe can impact other people, you believe something that can motivate or inspire other people based on your experiences. So uh, please do us all the pleasure and, and share a few things that you'd like to share with us. Okay, yeah, so I just found out about this, so it's gonna be off the cuff. Um, some things, let's see, let's have, okay, let's say this. First of all, be kind to everybody, no matter what. 
always be the best version of yourself that you can be. And the only competition you should be in is with yourself as well. That's one. Two, if you have a really big dream and you really want to work hard at it and you really want to go after whatever it is, please do it because the world needs you and the world needs more of people like you doing different things. Don't try to be like anybody else. Don't try to compare yourself. Don't try to do what anybody else is doing. Just focus on yourself, put in the time and the effort needed. Kevin Hart has a quote that I always play in my head where um, he, it was one of his stand-up specials and him and his crew are back there like hyping each other up before going on stage. And they're like, everybody want to be famous? Nobody want to do the work. Everybody want to be famous? Nobody want to do the work. And I always put <laughs> It's true because those nights where you don't have plans, you can't do anything, you got to work on your audition, you got to study for that test, do those things because that's what's going to get you ahead of the pack. That's what's going to make you be successful. That's what's going to make you land your dream, whatever it is, job, thing, family, person, whatever it is. Um, what else can I say? Try to block out the negative comments from people, especially if it's from people that don't know you personally, you really should not give up. You know what I'm saying? Like, just do you focus on you. Focus on the people that matter. Focus on the people that are giving you the positive energy and the encouragement, your, your friends, your family, whoever that may be. Try to wake up every morning and be thankful. Say everything out loud that you can even think of. If it's like the fact that you have all your limbs working, you have food in your refrigerator, you have a roof over your head. You know, this pandemic too has been harder on all of us. Everybody has this like common pain that we've gone through. And regardless of if you're wealthy or you're middle-class or you're you're not as wealthy, whatever it may be, we've all had to go and endure this pain together. So let's be like kinder to each other and let's come out of this knowing that whatever hardship I may have had, I'm still really lucky and I've had it better than a lot of people who might not have had a home to live in the last few months or it might've been hard for them to like find where their next meal is coming from, you know? So there's always things that we can wake up and be really thankful for every day. And if we start our days with saying all the things that we're thankful for and happy for having in our life, it really does change your mindset um, and how you tackle your day. Um, try to move around, even if it's like dancing in your apartment, going outside and getting some fresh air. Not only that, does that change your mentality and keep you positive, it's good for your body. It's good for just keeping you healthy. And, you know, and this isn't even about like the way you look physically. It's like how you feel in here. Cause that really does affect how you can act with everything else. Um, I don't know, just be positive and be kind and try to spread as much happiness as you can and, and always act in the way you would, even if people weren't watching you, you know what I mean? Yeah, man, like, these, be these, these, are, these are all, all definitely great, um, words of advice from you. And you've really exemplified it throughout all these years, always being so positive, kind, funny, supportive of other people. And, um, before I let you go, where, where else can people find you anywhere, whether it's Instagram or YouTube, how can they follow you? How can they follow your work? How can they can support you? My street address is <laughs> ve ve your Venmo handle. Venmo is at, no. Um, you can find me on Instagram. I am Nazani Noor. You can find me on Twitter, Nazani Noor. You can find me on YouTube, Nazani Noor. Um, yeah, hopefully you'll see me on your TV screens, Nazani Noor more and more this year. Yeah, that's it. And 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 hopefully in the Oscar ceremony, Academy Awards, Academy Awards in a couple of years, you know. Yeah, I'm gonna be realistic. It'll be in the next decade. Let's just say that. Well, it, it will be a proud moment for Iranians all over the world. That's for sure. 
not Nazanin, again, um, re really appreciate your time. It was awesome having this conversation with you. I'm glad that we got to catch up of all the years that I've known you. You know, it was always a lot of quick hello, goodbye, little, little you know, spurts of working, but never an actual, um, you know, genuine conversation. And so I, I hope that we have more of these type of conversations in person with wine and beer in person and we get to chin chin. And uh, in the meantime, wish you uh, and your family nothing but the best and great health and more, more wonderful accomplishments uh, as we enter the year 1400. So thank you so much for joining us and, and be well. Same to you and everybody watching. All right. Take care, Aziz. Bye. Shabbat